Hello and welcome to the Views from the Holgate season preview podcast with me, Don Brown. Today we're going to be diving into the Borough's recent transfer activity as well as giving the predictions for the 2022-23 season. Let's just see how wrong I can be when the end of the season comes so we can see how Borough do under the full first season of Chris Wilder. But before we get into that, we have some important business to attend to. We have to talk about the situation Borough find themselves in with Marcus Tavernier. Marcus Tavernier is currently subject to a bid of to £12 million, uh, according to uh, The Telegraph's John Percy. He's, under, he's set to switch to North East for the South Coast of the Borough, except the £12 million bid for the 23-year-old services. Now, this could really seriously derail anything that could happen going forward for Borough this season. If anyone's wondering what I was going to th- think of this situation, all you have to do is go to my personal account, which is at Dom Thomas Brown. Feel free to go uh, search and give me a follow. Uh, if you saw my tweet from the 16th of this month, not even a week ago, see the tweet. It's got only got three retweets, but it's got 194 likes. Tweet says, Marcus Tavernier will be Borough's most important player next season. I wouldn't sell him for any fee this summer. Now, despite getting like 194 likes, I'm not bragging about it. It was 194 likes, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it, it seriously got some backlash, you know. There were some people on there saying, I don't see it. Like, people said they don't understand the hype. They said he's an attacking midfielder with five goals and five assists. He's had a woeful season. It seriously sparked some debate between people. One person said, oh, I'm a season ticket holder and... I've never liked him. And some person said, you're obviously a season ticket holder, you're not a user of it. So uh, I'm thinking of getting heated up in the comments. But personally, if you can't see how good Marcus Tavernier is and what he brings to the Borough side, then I can't help you. Because his performances as a central midfielder under Chris Wilder were some of the best I've seen, especially in recent years, from a central midfielder. Yes, we're playing in the championship, but that they were they've been up there with. It's a different kind of midfield role, but the way he tracks back and makes those defensive uh, involvements, gets the ball, makes the tackles, breaks up the play, and then breaks forward. It's the defensive work he does is Clayton esque, and then he's got the prowess to run with the ball like he did to get that run against Spurs. Deserved a goal. I can't remember who he squared it to. I imagine it was, was it Jones? Was it Crooks on the right-hand side? Somebody on the right-hand side he squared it to. Couldn't put the ball away. He deserved a finish. He's just so good. He's a Rolls-Royce in our midfield. And the fact that we're going to lose him on the eve of the season for just £12 million, why is it, like, why could we not have said £20 million? Surely for somebody of his quality. That's that's the kind of price you're looking at. And I know it's a different position, but you've got Adam Armstrong last year going for £20 million from a championship team to a Premier League team. You've got talks with Victor Jokeresh from Coventry. Coventry got £20 million for him. He's not going to go for that. But that gets rid of any kind of talk about him. Why, why should we have to listen to anybody coming in for our players? Especially our best players. Tav is our best player, if not 
if you want to count Isaiah Jones, Jones has just come around. I love him. He's a, such an exciting player, but it, you could you could see some second season regression. He didn't do as well this year, which is why it's so good. We've got Giles on the left hand side to complement him. But the fact that we're going to lose Tav is, is going to take away from that left hand side altogether. We had such a good chemistry on the right hand side, and there was potential there to have this on the left hand side. Tav was just coming into his own on the Wilder. He's he's played so much better the second Chris Wilder came in. And now we're not going to see him at his full potential because we're selling him for £12 million, the same price as, as Jed Spence, a, uh, a want-away right-back who had a year left on his contract. We're just going to let him go for £12 million to a team who, if he'd, if we'd set the Tav, if we'd set Tav aside and said, look, Marcus, if I can call you Marcus, who's <laughs> set him aside and said, look, if you give us one year, and one full year under Chris Wilder as manager, then we... Our aim is to be in the Premier League next year. You've said you want to be in the Premier League with Middlesbrough. That's our aim next year. If if we don't make it, then you've got a year left on your contract next year. We will sell you next summer if we don't get promoted. But, because his, his contract runs until 2024, so you can sell him in 2023, you might lose 3 million quid. But you've got the potential to earn 100 million if we get promoted. I just think this is so risky. I, like, if you watch the way Bora play with Tavernier, he just adds another dimension, and and you can say yeah he like he he doesn't do he 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 doesn't do the things Ramirez would do. He doesn't add the goals and assists. But that's not who he is. You only you, Middlesbrough will never find a Gaston Ramirez replacement. A because uh, that player who just plays a number ten is gone. You need somebody who will work in that kind of eight position and get forward. I remember saying, I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, if I said it to one of my friends or one of my family members, it might be to my dad. Marcus Tavernier would be perfect for the Liverpool system if he manages to progress and get to that level because he is absolutely dogged in the press. He's good on the ball. He can, he's, got a deep, he's got a good shot on him. Eye for a pass. He loves to run. What more, what more would Klopp want? If he does well this year, for two years at Bournemouth, and Bournemouth stay up, he would easily be one of those kind of like signings that, that Liverpool make for 25 million just to pad out their squad. And he'd be he'd be an absolutely cracking signing for them. If he did that in two years' time, he'd be 25. He'd have five years at Liverpool. Just be that kind of player in there. But if we kept hold of him, we could then get that extra money but we, we don't we don't want it supposedly because we want to let him go to Bournemouth but it's, you can say you got to let the player do what you want but it's just and the, the thing that kicks you in the teeth again is the £12 million the fact that you sold Spence for £12 million and you can't get any more for Tavernier who is such such a good player and, and I don't want to have an argument if I, with anybody about it and I, I, I'll have a debate with somebody because I really don't understand the point of view saying that he isn't a good player because I can't even have off on a tangent there saying about uh, Liverpool and Ramirez and stuff. But if you watch him play, like you, you're not going to get a Ramirez who does that position. But you've got Tav who is a creative eight. He's only got five goals and five assists. But 
you've got if we did, if we did any kind of corner training under Warnock, any source of practice, we've got somebody who's actually going to work on some corner techniques. Hopefully, we get better at putting balls in the box. We'll have Lenahan, a tall lad in the box. Lenahan, Fry, Crooks in the box. Um, we'll get on to the strikers linked in a minute. Hopefully, Force or Hop is good in the air. I've I've not really profiled their height and to see what they're like, but you know, let's get let let's not sell one of our best free kick takers. Uh, but and he's been and if Tav goes at this point in time, just as he's about to turn good, you'll still have some people saying, Yeah, well, he wasn't that good really. Because he went through that period the period between the end of Pulis where he, he was deemed to be an up and coming player. So the Woodgate era and the Warnock era where Borough fans thought he was going to become the next Gaston Ramirez or the next down to or it'd be like an amazing attacking player. But during this time he was when he played for the under twenty threes, he was actually given the number four shirt and like you can see in pictures. And he was playing centre mid. He was playing deeper and deeper. He just he that's not his that's not what he is. You can see that he he talks on the pitch, he's he's always got his mouth open and talking to people. That's the qualities of a centre midfielder. And just to lose him to a team that you could very easily be in a division higher than next year, it's just absolutely baffling. And it's one of those things where you see it happen to other clubs and you're like, oh, that, that, that really sucks. I'm glad it doesn't happen to us. If that happens to us this year and we really do lose in the Bournemouth, I'm, gonna be, I'm really going to be, not upset over it, but I'm going to be really disappointed that a player who... If you can't tell, I really like, I really enjoy watching. And I think he's such a good player. And just, just like because he's coming through the youth ranks, like I've, you've got a good connection with, he's going to leave. It's just so very disappointing. And again, on the eve of the season, there's, there's no way you can play against West Brom. Now this has come out. It's going to have to be McGree, Housing, and uh, Crooks in the midfield, and that is your bare bones of midfield. This is a thing. This is another thing now. We have no other central midfielders now. Marcus Tavernier has gone. What, what's the contingency plan? What if, God forbid, Housen goes down with an injury? You have to play McNair there now. Then, but then you've got no other attacking options because you've just loaned out Martin Piero. Unless I'm absolutely, I mean, you've got Caelan Boyd Munts. But as they were saying on the Borough Breakdown podcast, we have 14 players and we're about to have 13 because we're going to sell Tavernier. We're about to sell our best, if not second best player, if you want to say Jones. This is this is this could put our promotion hole in jeopardy. You needed to say to him, look, lad, you're not going anywhere. Because we're getting promoted this year. It's a uh, it's a baffling one. Yeah, it's a um hopefully it's a decision that bears fruit in the end. But we have a very short space of time. We have, we have less than just over a month to get a replacement in, along with two strikers. But two strikers, oh, two strikers could be coming in though, which we'll get to in a minute. But we need, you need to find a replacement for it and fast. Hopefully, it's a decision that won't cost us going forward.
Let's move on to some better news now than related to Borough. Let's not wallow in the misery of a possible sale of a player. Let's look at some incomings. Uh, Middlesbrough was confirmed by The Athletic and also by The Evening Gazette that Marcus Force is in talks to join the, middle, join the Borough. Brentford have uh, allowed the striker, have accepted a bid for the striker to leave. It's uh, not been told the uh, amount of the bid uh, for this one, but he uh, first had his medical, the finished striker had his medical at the Borough. And it's all but confirmed as of uh, as of having this podcast on uh, on Wednesday, just before the season starts, Wednesday the 27th of July. And his medical, he had his medical on Tuesday. Force uh, scored 11 goals in 18 games for Wimbledon in the 1920 season before then contributing seven in 39 games for Brentford during their promotion winning campaign in 2021. Uh, Force, it, Force looks like he could be a good potential blazer. He's 22 years old. This is obviously the model going after, going after young players that we could then possibly sell on in the future. Um, mixed with a little bit of, you know, getting some experience in experience for heads in Lenahan. Um, you'd probably need somebody else with him if you brought in Force and then you brought in the other person we've been linked with which we'll get to in a second you'd probably need somebody else in there the only other worry is that he's only scored one goal in 11 games for, for Hull uh, in their most recent in their most re- his most recent season um, but you put imagine uh, Force could benefit from playing in a better system than maybe Hull's maybe shot a uh, Oh, I thought I shot his last name. I was going to say Alverde, is that his name? It's a very Turkish name. Let's call it, let's stick it to Shotter. Shotter's system isn't, uh, didn't best suit him uh, last season when he was on loan there. Um, maybe he'll uh, suit the uh, attacking, attacking wing-backs of Isaiah Jones and uh, Ryan Giles better. But I think, I think anybody would like to have the, the um, <laughs> their input there, really. But as you mentioned, there's another striker being linked to the Borough. Another striker is uh, Matthew Hopp, who's an ex-Stralka striker currently playing in Spain for Real Mallorca. Apparently, the Borough have offered $3 million to the uh, for Real Mallorca striker. We say dollars because the, uh, the report's coming out of America because Hopp is a uh, US men's national team forward. Uh, the talks are apparently in advanced stages for the, uh, for the ex-Stralka man. He, he, you might might remember him scored the uh, scored a hat trick for Schalke to uh, ensure they didn't go winless in their uh, Bundesliga. I think it was a twenty 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 one Bundesliga campaign. So uh, he was known for that. It was that was on Twitter. So it was <laughs> congratulations to Schalke for not going winless in that season. But yeah, Hop is a uh, another young striker. He's only ever scored seven goals in his whole career. One being for the national team and three coming in that one game for Schalke. Um, I do have to keep in mind that he, despite the fact he's only scored those seven goals, six six goals in league play, that's one goal every 260-ish minutes he's played. So which is about, that's a goal every three games-ish, something like that, if your math works out properly. So you're uh, it, it could be an undervalued, undervalued striker, just as in undervalued being... In the sense that he is a guy not many people are looking at at the moment and could have some potential on there. Certainly the American journalists were thinking he had some potential to try and break back into the national team. But maybe they would say that because they're American. But he, um, yeah, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on, especially if we're going to be looking at him. Um, $3 million for somebody who's only scored six goals in his, in his uh, 
professional career. It's definitely something um, you probably question. Um, although if Borough are going to be flashing 25 million quid around from Spence and Tav, then it might be all right then. Uh, you'd hope that um keep some back to possibly replace Tav. But you never know. Maybe they're going to be splashing it some more. The <laughs> Those two sales together would, would buy a victory Yokerish, that's all I'm saying. But let's... Uh, Let's see if we can spend it a little bit more wisely. But uh, if if Borough brought in these, uh, do get these two signs over the line, will that then be enough? Borough will then have a forward line of Duncan Watmore, Josh Corbin, Matthew Hopp and Marcus Force. You've got four strikers there, only one of which is over the age of 23. Um, but and obviously Watmore there has got inju- very bad injury, injury history. Um, which is probably why last year Wilder had so many strikers and I think he just likes to have a lot of strikers um, Borough need to have a proven championship goal scorer at, at this level to make sure we get to the Premier League didn't have it last year you look around the league at how many people had proven goal scorers or had players that scored over 10 goals we had one player and it was our it was our right midfield, right centre midfielder. We need a striker that can score some goals this season in order to get us up there. And the one player that would do that, it's been linked to us, is Southampton's Adam Armstrong. He's the best candidate for this role. He scored 28 goals in the 2020-21 championship season. Surely if you could walk in, go into the season with the front line, Duncan Watmore, Adam Armstrong, Marcus Force and Matthew Hopp complementing those front two, it would rival any in the division. You have Josh Colburn there as well, possibly coming in to offer offer some uh, support. Or even if you loan him out for the first half of the season to the, a League One team, perhaps. If you did really well, you could say, you know what, we're going to bring you back and you can um, you can look to complement the side going forward as well. But we can hope that, we can hope, or we can hope that that's going to happen for the forward line. Um, and then going forward, let's hope that the Borough can get some deals over the line and improve the forward line because we're definitely going to need some firepower up front if we're going to be looking to join the Premier League next season. Right then, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's prediction time here on the Views from the Holgate podcast. We're going to start off with the whole table before getting into the Borough section. We'll leave you with the Borough section last. Let's go through the let's go for the table first. We'll go in reverse order because I've seen people do that on TikTok when they do that to keep you guys waiting. Um, we'll start with the bottom three. The bottom three is kind of kind of normal. I think I've seen a lot of people do these ones. I've gone for Birmingham rock bottom, um, Sackley boy yeah, a month or so before the season. Can't see them getting out of trouble this year. Um, I know a lot of people have put Reading bottom due to their financial worries just feel like Birmingham Birmingham would have gone down last year if people didn't have points deducted below them uh, and there's absolutely nothing to uh, increase my confidence in, the ne- in, in this year so yeah worry for Birmingham 23rd Rotherham uh, and some more there's a lot of players they've got Grant Hall there who could hopefully do well for them uh, but yeah I, th- I think just losing so many players and they're a bit of a yo-yo team uh, I, I worry that they're not going to be able to survive. Reading in 22nd there. Who uh, are Reading? Joel Lumley in goal next season. They are they are absolutely doomed. And uh, financial worries. Can't bring anybody in for any money. Reading are destined for League One next season. 
Then uh, going up the league, we've got Wigan in 21st, just avoiding the drop, uh, coming back for their season in the uh, first season back again in the, not first season back, but the back in the championships, what I'm trying to say. 20th is Hull, a bit of a drop from last year, but losing uh, King Lewis Potter to Brentford, it's going to be a bit of a loss for them, a massive loss for them. Uh, 19th, Sunderland, best of the promoted sides. Uh, keep, keeping the Patrick Roberts and Jack Clarkson is uh, being pretty important for them. So uh, hopefully they can add to it. They, uh, it wasn't Troy Paris. They didn't get Troy Paris, did they? Troy Paris went to went somewhere else. Uh, I believe the links to Ellis, the Everton striker, could be very good for them. Uh, I was just them from for Stoke City, which might be a bit of a surprise to be able. Um, I can very easily see Michael O'Neill getting sacked this year if he things don't go very well for him. Um, Stoke are turning into uh, what 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 we what we are trying very much not to be just nothingness in the middle of this league. Uh, as are the team above them, Bristol City. Good signing in Cal Naismith. Uh, is it Cal or Kai Naismith? I think it's Cal Naismith. Sorry, um, but. Uh, and a really good player in uh, Alex Scott in midfield. If we could get him to replace Marcus Tavernier, I would be uh, happy about that. Uh, but I imagine it'd be too expensive. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see Bristol City going anywhere. They've got some good players. I just think Nigel Pearson's tactics are a bit outdated in uh, 2022 slash 23. Uh, Blackpool in 16th. Um, losing Neil Critchley so, um, in the off-season will be a big blow for them. But I think they'll, um, I think they'll do okay. Um, they could easily, very easily finish lower though. Uh, reviewing that. Fifteenth Blackburn going to be a drop off after losing Tony Mowbray. I'm not, I, I could not even tell you who their manager is now. Blackburn. Um, just talks of Brereton Diaz going to Salernitana somewhere else. Uh, some other uh, teams in Europe, just from being Chilean. <laughs> no, uh, if he was, if he was still bought, still just had his Stoke name, he'd be nowhere near there. Um, but yeah, fifteenth for Blackburn, losing Rothwell as well. I, I don't see them worrying the top of the table at all. Fourteenth Preston, um, Ryan Law could easily see them higher than that, higher than this. But I just think they're about about a mid table side, do a bit better than they did last year. But um, yeah, uh, I says that they got Troy Parrott in. Um, if they, if they, if they've got Cameron Archer back, they could have easily been finished higher. But I don't think Parrot's as good as Cameron Archer. Huddersfield in thirteenth, uh, losing Colbron against Stoke at the start of the season. But uh, they're going to see them plummet down the table. Could easily finish lower. Coventry in twelfth, again, just kind of mid lane. Hopefully, Yokeresh for them can kick on, um, or he can join us and do really well. Cardiff in eleventh, bit of a surprise, getting up there. Uh, Cardiff. Um, they did, they've done quite well under Steve Morrison I, I don't think they're going to have any firepower to kick on too far up the league but they might be there or thereabouts just just towards the end I, I don't think they'll ever bother the top top um, top seven but they could you know top six sorry but they could you know I think they could be a good, good showing with themselves they've uh, signed a lot of players which always uh, means they're going, to, they're going to be good uh, Luton in 10th uh, Luton, have, Luton have had a really good window Carlton Morris, Corley Woodrow, especially up front. Um, I just, I just think the. I think perhaps maybe the fairy tale was, was last year, um, but I'm happy to be proved wrong. I just, I'm gonna bet with the bigger sides.
uh, finishing the problem. Burnley in ninth. I'm going to go for Vincent Company's first uh, hack at English football. Um, but losing so many players, you've not, uh, I saw some. I saw a video about their their defence. How it's next year? It's going to be uh, Murich in goal, um, Hayward Bellis in centre back. Um, the left back's Matson from Chelsea. I don't even know who the other centre back was, and Connor Robertson right back. And I just thought, oh my goodness, that doesn't bode work very well. So, but hopefully, uh, company company will definitely. If anybody can coach the defence, hopefully it'll be company. Um, I think in eighth it's going to be Millwall. Uh, losing Jed Wallace is going to be bad for them, but I uh, Gary Rock's actually done a really good job with them. Um, they were a bit of a surprise last year. I think they'll be a surprise this year. Might, might have even snuck into the playoffs if they had, if they had Wallace, but they have actually. Rep- I saw people say they replaced him, replaced him well. So you never know. They could, they could be challenging up there. Seventh West Brom. People, I know people got West Brom higher, but I do not trust Steve Bruce. I just don't, don't think Steve Bruce's football works anymore. Steve Bruce, uh, the tactics of Steve Bruce at the Riverside Stadium last year were, were dreadful. Just absolutely abhorrent. I just think he's, I mean, he's a better football manager than I am. He's just not a very good football manager at the moment. So you can sign all the free, mid, free midfielders you want. You can sign... Yeah, you can sign Jude John Swift, you can sign Alex Mortis last year, sign whoever you want. I just don't think they're going to make it into the playoffs this year, uh, and that could be the end of C. Bruce for them. Uh, in sixth place, we've got QPR. Uh, just changed their manager, and I think they could, I think it's a very smart choice, to be honest with you. Michael Beale coming over from Aston Villa. Um, uh, to be honest, I hadn't really heard of him before he uh, took the job, but... Um, Listening to James Lawrence Alcott on the YouTube, who is a QPR fan, admittedly, but yeah, he was just saying, he was just saying how he was taking, he's taken a lot of the, um, taking a lot of the sessions for Frank, uh, not Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, I apologise, um, and he's just been the mastermind behind it really, and um, yeah, if it, their, their squad was really good, it was really good last year, um, there, there was talk about them getting Cameron Archer, which I don't, I don't believe has happened. I'm not too sure about any of their signings really, but if they can keep Willock fit, if they can keep Chair fit, and keep Dykes fit for the whole year, then they've got a front three that is as good as any in this league. Um, Willock was absolutely amazing last year. The fact he was at Huddersfield and they didn't give all of him is just one of those things that... Um, it's a bit like Spence with those that... where people will look at it on the face of it and go, why did that not work? But it's just... But one of those things that I bet Huddersfield fans are kicking themselves over it. And hey, speaking of us, I've got Middlesbrough finishing in fifth. Um, genuinely, when we did this table, before we sold Tav, uh, and before I realised how close the season was to starting and we had no strikers, I had us in second. But then I bumped it down to third because I was like, that's too high. I'm being too optimistic. Um. And us losing Tav and the fact that we like I in my head was thinking oh, we could get Adam Armstrong and striker and then like another person. But the fact we're now linked with like Rodrigo Muniz, um Force and Hop has made me think fifth instead of like second or third. Um throughout this whole process and, and podcasts and stuff I've done, 
I've been saying we should get Emil Reese as a striker. If we'd have got Reese and Armstrong as a strike force, I think we could have won this league. Whether or not Preston would have even entered negotiations or not is another thing. So this is like I I could be like saying this about FIFA, like oh, I want to sign this player. That Borough could have asked and they could have said no straight away. I'm pretty sure we even some of us have inquired for Antoine Semenyo from Bristol City, who is out until the, with the winter apparently, which is baffling. So we're obviously desperate. Um, obviously desperate for strikers. I just think. The striker search has been a bit farcical. If we needed one striker, then it was okay. But the fact we've needed to needed to bring two in, and people know that, it's just been a bit farcical. I can't see us. I'd love to see us finish higher, but just a bit. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, fourth place, I have got Norwich City. I don't think Norwich City are going to finish first like everybody else does. Um. I had them third when I did it one a few weeks ago. Uh, just bumped them down a little bit this time. I just think um, I Dean Smith is a very good manager, but they were so bad last year. Just that I have no confidence in Rashitska being better in the Championship than he was in the Premier League. Pookie's another year older. Is he going to be able to cut it in the Championship? Again, I'd probably be made to look a fool by saying that. They've not got Cantwell, they've not got Buendia was the only reason that well not Buendia was a massive reason why they got promoted last last time. They've not got Buendia. Um their team is just it's not they're not the team it used to be. They might they may have to resort to using on Alan and on Daisy Borofan so it wasn't as good as he was before. I just the team isn't as good as it was before. And I feel like people like people are just saying it's Norwich, they're gonna go straight back up this year. And I think that is gonna be that I feel like some of their flaws are gonna be showing up. I think if we had a better strike force, pound pound, not including strike force, and we had Marcus Tavernier, we are a better team than them. Um we if we played like we did with Chris Wilder for a full season and didn't have the FA Cup involved, we would have like, and played like at our best, like we did say between February and May. Uh, no, not February and May. Uh, let's go November. No, December and December and March. Let's see. I think that's probably our best time, or like December and February. We would beat Norwich nine times out of ten. If we played like that against a, a, a Norwich team at any point, like the Premier League Norwich team, and they saw like Lee Malou, players like that, um, I can't remember what my point was about that. But anyway, uh, despite saying that, I've got Norwich Norwich to finish up us, so that could change. But uh, Norwich in fourth, but in third, I've got my surprise package of the season, which is Swansea City. Um, Russell Martin actually took over at the beginning of last year and this is his first, he got a full pre-season to uh, get them, get the players working for him. Uh, again, they're not really signing big names, but you've got them work, players working for him. If you can get a strike force of Joel Perot and if you can get Michael Obafemi working, then he's got, he's got players who can really back, back in the goals for him. He's got to get his defence sorted out. I don't think Nathan Woods the player to do that, but... 
I think that they, um, I, th- I think they've had a good chat with going really far. That they could be one of those teams that no one sees coming, and just can come in and roll a few teams. But it, I, the same the same thing with Norwich, whereas there could be one of those teams where we actually do quite well against them, like we did this year. But if we save up against a lower team, they won't do that because they'll just go in and steamroll them. Um, I want, and I also want to put a surprise team uh, in there. So third, Swansea City. Uh, second place, I've got Sheffield United. Um, how Paul Heckenbottom is doing this job, I don't really know because their team isn't on paper isn't amazing. Um, but uh, and Dai is obviously a great player for them. Uh, they didn't have Billy Shouts was in the season. Um, they're not going to have McBurney or Brewster, I don't think. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with the disciplinary issue after the Nottingham Forest game. Um, but yes, um, I just think that I, they're going to miss Morgan Gibbs White, who was a great player for them last year. Uh, they've got um, Max Bird coming back from Forest, and I feel like they they could go from strength to strength next year with again with Paul Hackney having a full year and a full preseason that you say in China them he's been given the reins a bit like David Moyes was with West Ham where uh, Sheffield United wanted uh, somebody else in charge a lot of the time and then they've just said you know what you've actually done really well so let let's give you the reins you can take control of our football team here you go you take it um, and it could be interesting to see what Hackney does. Uh, with this team going forward, they've uh, lost some gold. Rick, who's obviously got a derby linked with him, um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Sorry, what they um, have done transfer wise, but I think that I mean, it, with the team he had he did last year, he did extremely well. So I think I could easily see them get an automatic promotion, which is why I had them in second place. And uh, if you've been keeping count, that means that in first place we have Watford, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. To be fair, I believe I think. If they, I know they've sold Josh King already, but they've still got João Pedro. I believe Emmanuel Dennis is still at the club at the moment, along with Ismail Assar. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that, but I think I believe I'm, that that's still correct. Um, but those guys, those guys are Premier League, Premier League quality players. Uh, they work on on the defence, still. I believe they've brought in some other goalkeepers anyway after letting Ben Foster go. But, um, yeah, they've, they've got a Premier League quality attack anyway. Um, and if they keep all of their players, I think they'll easily finish in first place, especially with a, a league that is subpar. Uh, looking at the league, if, if Borough had... If Borough managed to get off a good start and the strikers hit the ground... We keep all of Max Tavernier, not without going on about it. Uh, we could easily challenge at the top of this table, like unless somebody comes from nowhere unexpectedly. I think, I think we could easily challenge at the top of this table, like looking at it on paper. It's 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 there to be taken for us, uh, but we just we just got to make sure that we are um, selling the right players and not selling their own players. But let's move on now to the final part of the podcast now. We've got five categories uh, for the Borough Predictions Awards. Well, the predictions for the awards for the Borough players at the end of the season. We'll come back to these when the season ends and see if I got anywhere near 
uh, correct or if I just got it totally wrong. So we've got a player of the season one to start off with. So who I think is going to be Borough's player of the season. Um, I, I was thinking about this one and I was, I was, looking, I was going through the players and I was like, yeah, but not really. Um, the, but the problem I had was that I was thinking of outfield players and I thought, you know what, goalkeeper. I think Borough's player of the season this year is going to be Zach Steffen. And I'll talk about strikers and stuff. Borough are probably going to build a very strong defence. And uh, at the centre, that's going to be Zach Steffen. Uh, we have, we've got Man City's backup goalkeeper now as our starting goalkeeper. He is unquestionably the best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, if you if you look through the other choices for the best goalkeepers, you've got Tim Krul, past it. You've got Sam, Sam Johnson's left best Brom, so not Sam Johnson. Uh, Senny Dieng, QPR, um, who's a champions at level goalkeeper. You've got um, oh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the Sheffield United goalkeeper, who was at Brentford and then went to Rangers and I can't remember his name, but he did well last year. Um, Nichols Lee Nichols at Huddersfield as well, great season last year. Um, did uh, is it Dan Backman at Watford as well? Um, but uh, but honestly, to get. For a club of borough standing to get um, a player like Zach Steffen is quite astounding to be honest with you. Like he is head and tra- head and shoulders above any other goalkeeper in this league. He he could be starting for half the the Premier League uh, goal the uh, teams in the Premier League, and yes, just because he did it, made a stupid mistake in the. Uh, Premier League and in the, in the FA Cup final doesn't mean he's a bad goalkeeper. He was trying too hard to be Edison. Not everybody's Edison. Not even Allison is Edison, as proved by the fact that Brazil chop and change between them, and the fact that Allison can't do those passes out from the back. Edison is an absolute freak of nature. Edison is is a midfielder, outfield player playing in goal, and Pep Guardiola tells was obviously trying to tell Zach Stefan to try and play like him. Stefan's is is going to be a good player with his feet, but because he's played the Man City system, but he's not going to be able to do things Edison it can do, which is fine because us as Middlesbrough Football Club don't need an Edison. We just need somebody who isn't Joel Lumley. We need somebody who can stop the stop the shots going in, i.e. Hull, and not pass the ball to the opposition, i.e. QPR. But having said that, I think I think Stefan is going to be a great goalkeeper. So that's why he's my vote for player of the season. Young player of the season, I'm going to go for Ryan Giles. Um, ironically, using the other side, side fullback to who the player got it last season. Uh, Jones obviously did really well last season. Uh, I think he'll do well again. Uh, I just wanted to change it up and choose a different person um, to the person who got it last year. Uh, Giles, Giles is younger than, than Jones. Um, and yeah, he's... Uh, from I mean obviously preseason it's hard to tell, but he looks absolutely on fire. Three assistants against Markham, absolutely rapid down that left hand side, and looks to be offering the exact same thing Jones is on the left hand side. So it's going to be impossible for teams to be able to deal with us. And if we can just get somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net, Giles could easily end up with fifteen twenty assists this season, and so could Jones on the other side. 
signing of the season. Um, I decided to go away from the loan signings and go for actual permanent signing. So at the moment you've, uh, the moment you've got uh, Roberts and uh, Daryl Lenahan to choose from, and I went for the latter in uh, Daryl Lenahan, the uh, former Blackburn goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper, I'm thinking of Laurent Roberts, former Blackburn uh, centre half. Uh, he's been imperious so far in pre-season, and um, during the during the Marseille game, I've heard reports, just people saying you could just hear him all over the stadium. Yes. He doesn't stop talking, and I was at Bishop Auckland, and you could just hear him. He, he talks non-stop, which is a problem we haven't had. Dale Fry, though he's a great defender, he he doesn't he doesn't talk very much. Lenahan will talk. Lenahan will speak for the whole team. Um, I can easily see Lenahan finishing this season, ending the season off. Um, and if if Housen decide not to carry on, Lenahan could easily take the borough arm, the skipper's armband. Just behind behind housing, I don't know who you've got. Lenahan could easily take t- take the armband after housing. Uh, if if housing decides not to continue on with the borough after this season, and I think he'd very easily do that. Um, he could easily be displacing, uh, Fry in the centre of defence, or he or he'll be playing in one of the uh, centre back roles. Uh, come March time, or January March time next year. Uh, surprise package of the season. All players going to be a surprise package. I've gone for Riley McGree. Uh, or at least I hope he's going to be the surprise package if we end up selling Max Tavernier. And I'll keep, keep going on about it. Um, he's going to have to step up. Uh, he had a poor game against Preston, but I mean, who didn't end of the season last year? Uh, but he has shown flashes of being flashes of being a great player. Uh, he's really good at Swansea. Uh, that whole stint really, since he like, got his first goal for the Borough, he was good after that. Um, he offers something different. Uh, where he's like he's he's like starting off the attacks. I think that would be a really good thing. He'd he'd be like almost providing the hockey assist or the assist of the assist, um, for a lot of the goals. So if he was to spread the ball out wide, and then to give it to the wing backs to then give the ball in the box. Um, he could very easily be the surprise package of the season. Hence why he is mine, and uh, the young player like youth, like breakthrough player of the season. Um, uh, my vote goes to a uh, young Hayden Hackney. Boris centre midfielder who was out on loan at Scunthorpe last year. Um, this uh, this is purely based off the back of the fact I saw him at Bishop Auckland. He was playing in the centre defensive mid role, and that's just because we we don't really have much cover there. We've got Paddy McNair who can cover, but I think that um, if anything was to happen to House in Touchwood, it doesn't. But if anything was, you could very easily have uh, Hackney covering the half. He's just only really played League Two football and unfortunately got relegated with Scunthorpe, but. Um, he looked assured in that sentiment, sentiment field dictated the play. So yeah, I think Hayden Hackney could be the next big thing, the next rising star from the Rockliffe system. But yeah, guys, that is everything for this season prediction episode of the Views from Hallgate podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you've listened on Spotify, please do give us a five-star rating and the same goes for Apple Podcasts as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on like us on Facebook as well. We've got an Instagram page and we've got TikTok if you want to find out all our links. If you want to find out Twitter, it is at Holgate Views. Facebook, just search for Views of the Holgate. Instagram, it's VFT Holgate. And it's views from the whole gate on TikTok as well. 
if you want to check out the latest TikToks we've posted. So, guys, that's going to be everything for us here on this latest episode. Hopefully, we get... Oh, one last thing. This is, this is going to be the episode that comes out before the West Brom game. So, I need to do a prediction for the West Brom game. I'm going to say a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. I'm going to say that Duncan Watmore gets the goal in the 37th minute of the game. But that is that. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, guys. See you next time. Bye for now.